Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. This is the How to Trade It podcast. We talk about the real stories behind successful traders. You will learn the strategies that the best traders use in today's markets. And we get those experts to show us how to trade it. Hey everyone, it's Casey Stubbs from the How To Trade It podcast, and today I am here with Kevin Davey, who is a trading legend from KJ Trading Systems. He's a world champion trader. Thank you for being on the show today, Kevin. Hey, thanks, Casey. Glad to be here. All right. So I want to drop down and go back to the beginning and just tell me, how did you get started in trading? Well, it was about over 30 years ago now. Just got out of college and I was looking to try to invest in and do those kind of things, try to make some money besides my normal job. And I actually got a direct mail piece. This is when you get a lot of direct mail via the US mail. And it was from a trader, this guy who he looked real successful. He wore a cowboy hat and you know that was sprinkled throughout this probably 20 page pamphlet of how great trading was. And what I remember sticking with me was he showed how if you had bought sugar at a certain time and then kept buying on the way up, you would have been a millionaire in like six months or something. And as it turned out, that was kind of back testing to the nth degree, you know, hindsight bias and everything. But it kind of filled me with the dream that said, hey, this is a way to make a lot of money starting with only a few thousand dollars. And at that point, I was hooked. And then it's just gone from there. Wow. Okay. So what did you start out with trading when you first got started? First, what I did was I was doing the futures markets because that's where there was a lot of leverage. So you didn't need a whole lot of money to start with. So I was trading things like sugar, hogs. It was called live hogs at the time. Now it's called lean hogs, live cattle. I didn't even have enough money to trade something like soybeans. I think I also traded wheat. And so it was a lot of those eggs and They just had real small margins that were required and you could quickly double or triple your money. But the downside is you could lose your money really quickly too. And that's what usually happened to me. Oh, okay. So tell us a little bit about that. Why did you start out losing money when you first got started? (laughs) Probably because I was doing just about everything wrong. So the first real kind of system I remember it was I saw something about moving averages, you know, and when if you did three different moving average lengths and the price went above the fastest one and the other ones were in line, that was a good time to buy. So I was convinced that was going to work because you read it in a book. It's like, hey, it's got to work. So I tried trading that and that was with hogs. And within probably a week, I started out with a $5,000 account. I think I lost probably about $1,500 or so. And I'm like, oh, this is not working. Every trade, as soon as I get in, it would go the other way and I'd get stopped out. So in my 
naive type thinking, I thought, well, hey, if that's not working, the opposite system's got to work, right? And so instead of buying when, you know, a certain moving average crosses and that kind of thing, I'll sell short. And so I started doing that. So after losing $1,500 or so of my 5000 I switched, started going short when I should go long, and I started winning for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, a big trend came, which is when moving averages work well. And I got nailed. And all of a sudden, I was down 3000 of my $5,000. And then I was like, that's enough. And I kind of stopped trading for a little bit. But it was amazing how quickly I lost that money. I mean, it was the way I remember it now, probably within a couple of weeks. And, you know, at the time, that was all the risk capital I had. And so losing 60% felt like a complete failure. Yeah, especially as a young person, you know, usually young people don't traditionally have a lot of money. So that's probably a pretty big hit. So how did you feel at that time? Like, were you like, this is terrible? Or did you still remember the guy in the cowboy hat? And you're like, okay, if he could do it, I could do it. Or what were you thinking after that big drop? Well, I realized what I was trying to do was not going to happen. And that was like make easy money. I think everybody gets into it thinking, oh, hey, this is going to be easy. And I started to realize, oh, this is hard. I have to do some more research. And that's kind of what I did. I kind of went off for a while and tried to read a lot of books and tried to learn about trading rather than immediately jumping into trading. You know, it's nice in a way to just jump in and start trading because then you get some real experience. But if you don't know what you're doing, it really kind of bites you. And that's what happened to me. So I figured I'd, I'd wait a while, learn, and then try to get back at it. Did they have practice accounts back in those olden days? No, because the only way you could even do it, this wasn't even online. This was all calling a broker on the phone saying, buy Christmas wheat, which was December wheat. You know, you had to use the terminology that they used and all this. So everything I was doing was basically paper. You know, I'd do paper trading, but it wasn't doing anything through a computer or anything like that. I was actually calculating the moving averages when I was doing it. I was doing that by hand. Yeah. Wow. I've heard of people doing that, but never had any experience doing it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. It was painful. Yeah. So that would obviously be on the daily charts. (laughs) Yeah. I was living in Los Angeles at the time or Orange County. And so I'd get the newspaper every day and they had the commodity prices in there. And that's what I was going off of. So after you took a little break, how long of a break did you take? And then what did you discover as you were doing your research? And when you came back, did you have success right away? Short answer is no. I mean, I came back again and again. So what I would do is I would try to save up some money, try to do some side jobs, like some computer programming, that kind of thing. And I would try to build my capital back up and I would get back into it. I would do some testing. Eventually I got a computer. I actually created my own back tester. But every time I'd go back to it, I'd still lose money. And that continued for, wow, I want to say at least five years, maybe even longer, where it was just everything I tried, nothing was working. But at that point, I was kind of bitten by the bug of trading. And so I just kept trying new things, reading new things. 
And it really didn't click for me until probably the early 2000s. So that's probably about 10 years before I really started to, to do things. Did better. you know anybody that was successful at the time that could maybe give you some tips or anything like that? Or that at least motivated you to keep going? No, I didn't. And that was part of the problem in the pre-internet days. It wasn't like you could find a trading community or anything like that. And I was kind of on my own and I did talk to people about trading, but nobody was really into it that I ever found, which I think made it even harder. What I probably should have done, which I didn't do, was probably just pack up and move to Chicago and be in the center of it, you know, and try to be a runner or work for a broker and try to learn it that way. But, you know, I didn't do that. What were you doing for work during that time? So I have an engineering background. So basically, I was working on aerospace-type projects, so either advanced aircraft fighters for the military or things that we'd launch into outer space, those kind of things. So we had experiments that ran on the space shuttle. That actually sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of interesting. But almost all my free time was spent doing trading. I mean, that became like a consuming hobby of mine. And so what was the driving force to keep you pushing through even though you had all the failure? Was it just because you really knew you could crack it and you wanted to or because you wanted to have the trading lifestyle and be wealthy or like what was the motivating factor there? It was probably a puzzle that I wanted to solve. I like solving problems. And this was a problem that I couldn't solve being a successful trader. And so that's what really motivated me. You know, through all the frustration and all the losses, what stood out was, hey, I like doing this. This is what I have fun doing. This is how I spend my free time. So I want to be able to be good at it. What was it that finally got you over the top? Was there one thing? Was it a multiple things? Like what moment in time you knew that you figured it out? Maybe not the moment I figured it out, but the moment when I realized I really have to change. I can blame on mad cow disease. So this was December of 2003. This was a long time ago. And during that month, I had two personal tragedies, the deaths in the family, which really affected me. Yet I was still trying to trade. And I specifically remember this. It was maybe a week before Christmas or so. I decided on a whim to buy live cattle with a little stop, maybe a 250 to $400 stop. And I bought it right before the close. And right after the close that day, that actual day, the U.S. government announced that they had found mad cow in some cattle somewhere. And... What ended up happening was the market just collapsed. I don't know how many days it was lock limit down where you couldn't even get out. And they kept expanding the limits. And all I remember is at when it was all said and done, I think instead of losing like two to $400, wherever my stop was, I think I lost about $4,000 per contract. So, I mean, that was just like, ugh. especially after everything that had happened in December. And that was the point where I said, man, I got to do things differently. This is just not working because sometimes I was system trading, you know, with rules. Other times I was just winging it. So starting in 2004, I really kind of changed what I was doing. And then it took a little while, but that kind of led to some of my trading success in 2005, six, seven. That's when I did good in the trading contest. And then it kind of went off from there. 
So one of the things was a really big moment that you just said, forget this, I'm not doing this anymore. You said you had to change, right? And I think that's a really powerful moment in time when you have that realization, because that's really, I think, the only way to change is when you realize you really need to. So what specific things did you change that started to turn things around? I started going off of rules 100%. So I said, if I can't test something to see if it worked, and if I can't follow the rules 100%, I'm not going to do it. So, you know, whereas before I was sort of doing that, but I was also taking these flyers like the Mad Cow Live Cattle. It was just crazy. So I said, I just need to follow the rules 100%. And as long as I have rules that worked historically, doesn't mean it's going to keep working. But my theory was, well, at least I'm in the right direction. I have rules that used to work. So hopefully they'll continue to work. And that was really the turning point of saying, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm committed to it. And from that point on, things really started to get better for me. Not overnight, took a little while, but that's where things got better. Okay, well, you've been at it for a long time since then, so things are really rolling now. At Finance and Markets, we believe that people are the most important thing. That's why in every financial newsletter, we dedicate a section to acts of kindness. When you put other people first, good things happen. We want to inspire you to go to the next level and practice acts of kindness. Go to the link in this episode's description to subscribe. Okay, well, after that, things started to get better, and then you did the trading championship. And how did that go for you? And tell me a little bit about that. So as I mentioned, in 2004 was when I really first committed to systems. And it was interesting. I had seen that trading championship. This was the contest that Larry Williams, it was really a trading legend. He turned $10,000 into, I think, $1.1 million in a year, real money. You know, I said, hey, that would tell me I'm on the right track if I actually was able to do good in that. So I was kind of watching what was going on in 2004. And some of my systems, if I had been trading in that contest, I would have won it in 2004. And that convinced me, hey, I should try this for real. So I tried it in 2005. And the way I went into it was I took a look at all the previous winners and what kind of percentage return they had each year. And I think I may have even asked the brokerage who ran the contest, what were your second and third place finishers? Because I figured if I finished in the top three, that would be really good given you know all the traders around the world who were in this contest. So I got the top three finishers for a lot of maybe 10 years or so. And I figured out around 100% return was where I needed to be. And if I got that, then I had a good chance to finish in the top three. And so that was my goal. So I developed some trading strategies and one in particular that would give me over 100% annual return. And that's what I went into the contest in 2005 with. And lo and behold, I ended up finishing in second place in 2005 and I had over 100% return. So, you know, that was the first year. And then I did it again in 2006 and seven. Both those years, it was over 100%. And then 2006, I actually won the contest. So the neat thing about it wasn't necessarily how well I did. It was that I had a goal to start with. Hey, I want a system that makes 100% return. And then I put that into action by building a system around it and then traded it. 
and it kind of worked out. So that kind of cemented for me any kind of doubt I had about system trading. You know, now it's called algo trading, but at the time it was mechanical or rule-based system trading. But that kind of told me that was where I should focus my efforts. When you were doing that, were you taking the trades or did you have a program doing it? At the time, I had to take the trades. So at the time I was in that contest, I was working full-time. So I built a system that kind of fit me and fit my lifestyle. So I didn't want to have to worry about it during the day where I'd have to be checking prices all during the day. So it was basically just based on daily bars. It would enter new orders at the open, at the next open. So it worked with my work schedule and it fit me personally where I could do it safely, but I did it all manually at the time. At the time, they didn't even have it at that brokerage. They didn't even have it set up to easily do any kind of automated trading. Right. Yeah. That's actually a really good story. It just reminds me of a lot of things in life where you start out with the end in mind. You know, they say, start with the end, right? Where do you want to finish? Look at the finish line. And then once you figure out what you're going to do, then you figure out how to do it. And that's a pretty good way to do it. Yeah. Absolutely. People I talk to, a lot of other traders, usually they'll say, hey, I want to make a lot of money. And I always tell them, you have to know exactly percentage terms. How much return do you want? How much drawdown can you accept? And if you don't know that up front, you're never going to be able to develop a strategy, a system or whatever that will work. For example, let's just say, hey, I want to make as much money as possible. Well, you'll end up, if you do back testing, you'll end up just curve fitting and adding thousands of rules and you'll get a great looking back test because you're shooting for the moon, but that won't help you in live trading. So you're right. You really have to know where you're going before you start out. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience, sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. So if someone is thinking about creating a system today, you were targeting 100% return. Do you think that's a good marker to shoot for? It could be. It depends on the amount of drawdown you could endure. So my general rule of thumb is a factor of two. So for example, if you want 100% return, plan on a 50% drawdown which is a very significant drawdown. And if you want to make more than 100%, now you're basically like gambling the whole account. But if you use that, that turns out to be a good measure of your risk to return. 
The problem is that I found is most people can only handle about half the drawdown. They think they can. So, right. you know, if you said, hey, I can handle 50% return or drawdown, I would probably watch you. And when you hit about a 25% drawdown, you'd start to sweat and you'd start to panic. And by the time you got to about 35 or 40%, you'd probably just throw in the towel. So you'd never even get to your 50%. And that's where a lot of people mess up. They are just unrealistic on the amount of risk they can accept. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I can only accept the 10% drawdown. But when you do that, don't expect to make 200, 300% a year because the two don't really coincide. Why do you have to have a bigger drawdown to make more money? Because that doesn't seem actually make sense to me because going up is up. And if you're losing it, you're not making money. So why do you have to make lose more to make more? Well, basically, you're just putting more at risk. So think about if your account's going up, now you start trading one contract, you go to two, you go to four, eight, you know, let's say you're doubling, but now you're doubling your risk. So when you lose, your losses are going to be more. And so your drawdown's going to be more. And one way a lot of people get around that is they think about, well, hey, that's actually previous gains. That's the market's money. I don't consider that like a drawdown. You know, if you just consider your initial account size, it might not be the same kind of drawdown. So the way I look at drawdown is based on money in your account, whether that money came from trading or from your initial capital. But the old adage, to make more, you need to risk more, a lot of times is definitely true. And most of the time, I wish there was a free lunch where you could put on some trades that had no risk of drawdown, but that's always a reality when it comes down to it. So knowing the drawdown, if I want to double, I got to get 50%. How do I mentally prepare for that? You say that you just look at your base account level. So you're talking about like the drawdown is from your original account value, or is it from your peak account value? I always use it from the peak. So let's say you start out with a $10,000 account, you ran it up to 50,000, and then it drops back down to 25,000. That's a 50% drawdown. But- you've still more than doubled your money, which you might find is acceptable. But the drawdown's always from your peak equity, regardless of where the money came from. So that to me is, if you know ahead of time that that's part of the plan, then that's okay. And you don't have to panic because you're prepared for it. And you went into it knowing that's what you wanted to do. But what happens if it starts to hit 60? What do you do? The key is coming up with a quitting point whether it's based on a system or your overall trading, you come up with a quitting point right at the beginning. Before you even start trading, you say, hey, if this happens, my account goes down to this value or I have this much drawdown, I'm going to stop and write it down. You know, If you have a significant other or a trading partner, whatever, share it with them. Then that kind of ties you into it because you can't tell your spouse that, hey, if I lose half my money, I'm going to quit. And then they say, well, how much did you lose? And you say 75%, you're going to be in trouble. So it right. kind of ties you into that. And so the people who I've seen who've really failed at this have no end point in mind. It's do or die. So for example, I know a commodity trading advisor who was doing great for a number of years. He'd have 50 to 100% return, but he was risking a lot. And then one year, he ended up having to close his funds after he had a 98% drawdown. 
So, I mean, he lost almost everything. Because I asked him, I said, well, how come you didn't, like, stop it? Like, I don't know, even 80%, you would have still been left with something. But he was just going for broke. And if you want to gamble, you're more than welcome to. But most people who are trying to be in it for the long haul don't do those kind of things. Right. That's very true. So for beginners, people that are thinking about starting out a new system, what's a good starting point? How do they find something to trade and get started? Well, what I recommend is first, you got to get educated. And there's plenty of free stuff on the internet. There's plenty of books. You don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get educated and learn the basics. People definitely need to do that. Then don't take anything you hear for granted. If you saw me somewhere saying, hey, breakout strategies are the way to go. This is it. Do it. I still would recommend to people starting out to test it for themselves. There's a huge benefit to testing it for yourself. And it really comes down to confidence because you're going to need confidence. You're going to have drawdowns and you're going to have times where you're thinking, what do I do? Is this going to work? Are things just going south? The market's changed, whatever. You're going to want to have that confidence that, hey, you've tested things and you know things in the long run will work. So educating yourself first, and then second, learning how to test things for yourself. Don't rely on anyone just to tell you, oh, hey, a doji pattern in an uptrend is a great sell signal. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but, and maybe some markets it is, and other markets it's terrible. So what I'm saying is test it for yourself. That's what people should do. Yeah, I think all of that stuff needs to be done by yourself. I think it's great to get help from other people, to get wisdom and insight. Try not to make the mistakes that you don't have to if other people can share those with you ahead of time. I think all that stuff's wise. But at the same time, there's no better teacher-like experience. And some of that stuff, you just have to go in and get to work and do the work yourself. So that's really good. Well, you have also written a couple books, right? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So at this point, I've written four books. One big book that came out about six years ago. It's called Building Winning Algorithmic Trading Systems. So it kind of walks people through both my journey as a trader and then also lays out the process I use to build strategies, which I still use today. So if you want to learn, cheaply learn what I do or how I've done it, that's the book. And then I've written three other books that are smaller books, but one on just algo trading, just an introduction to algo trading, just kind of give you the basics. So for people who know nothing about algo trading or what it means, that's a good book. It's a quick read. Then I also have a book that gives entries and exits that I've used over the years in real strategies. And what I did was instead of giving people just strategies and said, hey, go trade this, what I decided to do with this book was just give people pieces of strategies I've used. So entries, exits, and this is great for the do-it-yourselfer to kind of put things together, test things. I get feedback from a lot of people who've said, hey, I took entry number four and exit number two, and I created something for natural gas. So it's those kind of things you can do with it. And then my final book was actually on stock investing. And this was kind of came from teaching my kids who are all middle school age. Now my oldest isn't just started high school and they wanted to learn about the stock market. So 
it's kind of what some of the things I taught them and they've actually been doing pretty good. So that is <laughs> really cool. So this is a beginner's book. Yeah, it's really, you can start out at the beginner level and then I have like what I call a pyramid of just getting more and more complicated. So, you know, for example, the bottom level of the pyramid for a real beginner, you want to invest in the stock market, just buy the SPY ETF and just put it in your account and let it go. And now you're in and that's it. You don't have to do anything else. And then as you keep going up, now you start picking stocks or maybe you go to active trading or what I do, some kind of algo trading. So you can kind of go up the ladder or up the pyramid as you want, or you can just stay at the lower level. So it's kind of a neat way to get involved in the stock market without too much prep work. Yeah, that's actually really good. And that's cool. I'll have to check that out. And we'll put links to all the books in the description of the podcast. So for people that are listening, you guys can go check it out. I highly recommend you do. And also, Kevin, we're pretty much running out of time today. Thanks for sharing. You've shared a lot of really good insight. But what can people do if they want to see what you're up to or you know follow some of your stuff online? Okay. The easiest thing to do is just to go to kjtradingsystems.com and you can Sign up for my email list. You get a free algo strategy you can look at and some other information. And then there's tons of free articles I have. There's links to my YouTube channel where I do videos every few weeks. A lot of free info. You know, and that's where I'd start no matter what you're doing, just trying to get educated. Go for the free stuff first. And once you feel you have enough of that, then maybe my books would be appropriate. And then for those people really interested in kind of going to the next level, I have a workshop I run every couple months on algo trading. It has a significant cost, but sometimes you get what you pay for. So, you know, the free stuff will get you pretty far, but it won't get you all the way. So that can be something people can look at too. All right. Well, thank you, Kevin, for being on the show. I would recommend everybody go check out some of Kevin's books, check out his website, especially if you're interested in automated trading on how to get the programming done and get the stuff to done automatically, how to do testing. It's really a system rule-based approach that Kevin is great at, and he's one of the best at it. So there's no other people you'd want to learn from than the best, right? So go check him out. And thanks again, Kevin and everybody that's listening. Thank you guys for listening and uh, we'll see you on the next episode of the How to Trade It podcast. Thanks for listening to the How to Trade It podcast. Our mission is to help you create security in the markets. If you have a question you want me to ask my guests or a specific question you have for me, please email me at podcasttradingstrategyguides.com. I answer every email I get because this show is about helping you learn how to trade it. So again, please reach me at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Thank you. For tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one, and your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. 
If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time. Thank you.